Well, you know what the crazy thing is, is when I record so many shows and then I have to have release dates is that when this episode comes out, it's a predator or it's an, what is it? It's a predecessor to the one that we did before where we were doing a lot of other talks. So it's going to be interesting. I can do a double feature because we can kind of leave off where the last time we had a whole completely different discussion than the one we're probably going to have right now, mostly because I'm wearing, I have a cup that matches my shirt. That is, I didn't even, this is an amazing coincidence. I have a match, uh, a <clears throat> hat that matches my top. You also have Quint- like the zip down a little bit. Like if you want to get sexual, it just depends on the level. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to start it here and then depending on, I should start it here. Depending on the conversation, I should move it up or down accordingly, but yeah. So depending on my game, uh, the, the hour game. Sure. I like to bring the a game. So lower that sucker down a little bit. All right. I'll trust. You're right. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Oh God. Here we go. Well, this now is, you're making it weird. This is a children's I wanna, show. I don't want to bring back the gay guy from the last episode. No, but, um, but this is important. Like you said, I think we weren't even supposed, I, I literally sent you a text, but I tell people, I sent you a text message, um, as a friend and, uh, told you, Hey, this is what's, you know, um, I'm, I told you, I said, I said something to you and you said, you called me and you said, you know, this is important. Do you want to talk about this? And I, I, again, I, uh, well, I, um, I said the same words today in my a, a meeting today at work right before I left. Uh, and I said, I don't mind being the one on these jobs being crucified because the guy to me who got crucified was the guy who's my savior. So I feel like eventually that's who I end up being, but I maybe not a savior, you know, in that place. But I think, like you said, I think people need to hear the message. I'm going to say what we're going to talk about right now. First of all, I'm so happy you said, you know, I sent you a message as a friend because that means I'm friends with a fucking power ranger. I'll keep saying it over and over again until the, the horse is beaten dead. But the concept of I send so many stuff through Instagram, like random pictures of like random things that happen so much throughout the day where you send me a picture of like I'm free or something. Then you sent me an eagle. I'm like, what the hell did I send this guy? I'm like, I have no clue. I don't remember. Probably either something. It could be something political. It could have been something where I was like, I don't I have no clue. And then uh, I was like, do you need to talk? And you told me what happened that you quit your job. And I know based on the previous episode we did before, you know, it was this whole thing of trying to find yourself. You know, this thing is like you don't really realize how much you actually are until someone tells you, I would say, you know, like in my eyes, I mean, probably like to most people, you're an amazing person just on the concept of you do a lot of amazing shit. So if you don't feel like you're right in the right job, which I feel like a lot of people in this world are not feeling like they're in the right job. I mean, I remember so many days, even some days still now where I pull up in my car and I'm afraid to get out of the fucking, just get out, turn the key off, anything. You just sit there, listen to some smooth jazz and like fucking oh, get, feel that whole relief. I mean, like I can't work should never feel like you're on house arrest or work should never feel like you're in jail. Well, and like I said, man, we you know I, um, I started this job, you know, out of my, quote unquote, you know, I don't want to say comfort zone, but out of my, definitely out of my skill set, you know, and in the time and everything like that, I was appreciative. I I was like, I'm going to work. You know, I thought the company was good, but I'm going to do a job that I've never done before, you know, as far as being a customer service rep. And, you know, and, 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 I'm going to say, again, I I think I said this before you, we live life forward and understand it in reverse. And I didn't do anything other than make a decision, but it's so interesting. The fucking mental clarity that I just got within the last half an hour. 
Yeah, how did you get I, to that? Because like, I have our last to... discussion was different. You you were <clears throat> okay, a little bit yeah. different mindset. Well, yeah, because no, you know what the mindset was? The mindset is fear, living in fear. And man, I'll tell you, you know, if uh, um, it's the worst thing, it's the most crippling thing. It's the most, you know, because that's just, you know, let's just take fear to the utmost, you know, utmost end. And and I said, right now, you're afraid of everything. What happens to you? Literally everything. Put yourself in a box to where you never want to get out. And then you die and you're dead. You know what I mean? Or you kill yourself because you don't. Uh, but again, if you push it to that extreme, well, why is that so important? Because fear, fear can sometimes, you know, come all at once. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like things we talked about before, you do, you're doing a backflip, you backflip and you land on your head. Now I'm afraid of backflipping. Or there's a more dangerous fear. And I think the fear that most people are dealing with and they don't even know that they're dealing with the fear that creeps up on you, that paralyzes you, that it's like a little, you know, like, you know, I'm thinking in my mind right now, you know, um, the venom suit from Spider-Man where it like gets on you and it's like, next thing you know, you're venom. Next thing you know, when you, when this, when fear comes on you, you don't know it. You don't feel it. It starts on like a little fucking thing. It's something you don't want it. And next thing you know, if you could see to me in the supernatural, you could see in the metaphysical, you could see, uh emotions and see colors or something i feel like you would see someone that suit just you know slowly coming over their whole body and that's what was happening to me and i've spent my whole life man um i woke up with the realization today because i hadn't slept i called into work the last two days um we did our podcast monday and i don't know if that's relevant to the to the um to the people or not but we did a podcast monday and uh i called in sick the last two days um not illegitimately because i was legitimately sick emotionally thinking about what i'm about to do or what i need to do if you've ever seen or anyone who's here listening to this has ever seen the movie um indiana jones and the last crusade he goes to these tests to pick up the holy grail and the last test is the leap of faith and he's standing over this open canyon, Indiana Jones is, and he looks down and it's, it's like a 500 feet across the, to the, to the other side of the canyon. It's an impossible jump. So it can't be a jump. That doesn't make sense. There's no ladder around. There's no rope to swing on. That doesn't make sense. It's a leap of faith. And for the past two days, I have felt like Indiana Jones has with my hands clutched on my chest my eyes closed and one foot out over the edge. And this morning I touched down and I, and I let myself walk. I let myself. Now, the only difference between me and Joe's, I also felt like I was, had my wife in my arms and that made it even that much more. Now I'm not going to fuck up just my life. I got someone else's life. I can potentially fuck up, but I think it's so important I think I made the most important decision today. And uh, when I said about living life forward, because this whole time I've been trying to, why am I in this job? What am I trying to feel? What am I trying to learn? There's got to be something I'm learning, right, God? There's got to be something I'm learning, right, universe? Why am I here? Why am I here? And this morning I had clarity why I was here, and that's what made me comfortably be able to walk away. The clarity is this. I never want to waste my time again. And without having the, the, the restraints on me that I'm in this nine to six job, nine hours of my day are devoted to something that I have no real, you know, like that's, I'm just job. It's a job to make money. 
I didn't know how heavily I was chained until I was like, I just said, no, I'm done. Now I feel, dude, I feel, I told you this. I feel like I just told you just on the phone. I feel like, like I'm in a movie and I want to run in the streets with my fucking shirt off. That's why I have the zipper just because it's easier. No, but seriously, I, I want to run in the streets with my shirt off because I'm like, thank God I didn't waste another moment of my time. And I know now what it feels like to do something just for money. I've never had that experience before, man. Do you think that's a combination of maybe the weed and a whole aspect of maybe looking inside yourself? Cause like before, cause but honestly, when we were talking, you can kind of sense like, obviously when everybody's not at a point in their life that they want to be at maybe, but like, it seems like that's just like, okay, well, this is what you have to do. But I mean, enough to where you would leave your job and be like, it's not what I have to do. I'm not going to be miserable and have any regrets left on the table type deal. Like what got you to that point? I mean, were you marinating on it for a couple of days? And then the podcast we did prior kind of push you there or did it what was the awakening here because you, you said you went and you went off on your co-workers or more went off on the job aspect of things and that takes like a point to where you're like I don't even care about the money anymore I care about my happiness and I think a lot of people don't choose that aspect of things I mean I always mention my cousin for instance he left his fiance who was I mean rich as can be I mean McLaren's every fucking day you could go pants off in a McLaren if you wanted to. But he was like, I was not happy. And I'm like, you just went from $50,000 dinners to scrang like scrambling around the room, working waiter gigs, like basically 16 hour shifts just to be able to afford to get yourself some food. And he goes, yeah, but was I happy? I'm happier than I am right now than I was in that with that relationship. And I was like, to hear that really puts in the perspective of what do you clarify as happiness? So I'm wondering what your 100%. push push through was. Well, okay. Let's see what happiness is anybody. Um, when you're doing something you want to do again, I logged in this morning, I went on and I started working on my job. I started doing working on my, we call them cases. I started working on my cases, man. I had no intent. I didn't have, it's not like I didn't have any intention to quit. It wasn't that it was, it was a conversation with my, I had talked to two friends today, my friend, John, and my friend, a really good friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in literally maybe a year. Um, and he actually does like psychic work. Uh, he, uh, he does like, um, like stuff like that life advice and stuff. And I said, his name's Trevor. Um, um, Trevor and, the psychic. Does he have a cool psychic? Yeah, name? Trevor Hansen. I don't know, but I don't know if I give him a shout out. His, uh, but he's a really good friend. He does like psychic stuff. But anyway, um, and I and I call him. I said, "Hey, man, I need your. I just want to hear what you think. You know me. You know me a long time, man. You know me to over twelve years, and um, you know me, man. I, and you're not. You don't know any of this. He has no backstory of any of this. I just kind of gave him a little bit of insight, and and he was just like Jason. Like this doesn't even sound like you, man. Like what? Like and he just said to me, so something so simple, and I needed someone to say it just that way. He said, Jason, I know your faith. You know my faith because we talked about it before. He said, so I know your faith. Do you trust God? And it was like, that's the, that's the question that's been marinating me inside of me this whole time. And here's my answer. I'm like, yes, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Now, I didn't say this to anybody else. I'm telling this. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to leave my job. I'm afraid to quit. I hate it, but I'm, I'm afraid to quit. Why? Well, because I'm look. if I consider the circumstances of the world, that makes sense. That's enough. I don't have to say any more than that. Um, but I'm afraid it's a decent, I'm making decent money. I'm, I'm afraid. No. And then I, a, 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 a scripture came into my head. Like it was like black wall with white letters came in my, in, in when I just in front of me, like, boom, there it is like a real thing. And, it, and it said, 
God for God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of sound mind. And I'm like, and it two things just happened to me there. I'm like, wait a second. Fear is a spirit. It doesn't come from God. This feeling that I'm feeling doesn't come from God. I'm doing something that's not godly. I'm easily able to walk away from something that's not godly. And I did. And that was it. And, and, and I'll tell you the moment I, I was just like, I said, thank you. I, I wrote a nice note to my, 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 because like I said, I was not thinking that way when I signed in, but then we went out, we had our team meeting and my spirit rose, man. And I, and I said, I'm going to try to say this stuff with all due respect, but it's going to come. I'm probably coming across like I'm an asshole. And then I started asking questions and they started answering me with that managerial bullshit answers. You know what I'm talking about. You're not thinking for yourself. You're just reading, you're regurgitating what's out of the manual. I get what's in the manual. I read the manual. I'm asking you to tell me what you think. And they told me they want me to lie. Not lie. We don't ask you to lie. But when a customer calls and asks you this question, you don't tell them the truth. Okay. And then they're talking to me about sales stuff. They're like, we just got to convert opportunities into a sale. So when a customer's calling for a return, so you know, you can return it, turn that into a sale. And I said to them, I said this, I was just like, granted, I got PMs and DMs from people going, dude, I fucking love you. But it's like, I said, I know. Oh my God. Now that you said that, I know what you need. You don't need me working here. You need Obi-Wan Kenobi. You need a mindless drone. No, uh, you need Obi-Wan Kenobi. They got plenty of mindless drones. They need Obi-Wan Kenobi because they need when someone says, I'm calling about my return. You don't need to make a return. I don't need to make a return. Uh, you need to add three more items into your cart. I need to add three more items into my cart. And I said, like, I said this. I said, you're acting like I'm choosing. There's a red complaint button and a green sales button. And I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like arguing with people. Thank you for calling. No, man. And, and, and when they give you that stuff and then you have other kiss ass employees going, well, here's the thing, Jason, what you need to look at. How are you? Dude, I've been a national accounts manager. I've been a like a sales trainer. Like you, you, you're, you're trying to con the con guy. I, I know what the sales pitch is. And I know when it, I know what the, the illusion is, the card trick. And you're trying to tell David Copperfield Oh, no, but David, if you just – he's like, dude, I, I made up the trick, man. I know it's a lie. It's a trick. So you, if you're going to at least approach it at me, you're going to give me some wisdom. You can't use it from the same handbook that I already know back and forth, the handbook that I wrote. But they can't because they're drones, like you said. They're mindless drones, man. And, again, we're judged by the company we keep. And I looked and I said, I know – I know that I'm about to say something that everybody in this room's thinking. And not one hand went up. Not one eye got bad and not one. No, in fact, I was just told, well, if you want to bring this offline, I'm bringing this shit offline. I said, thankfully, respectfully, you've been kind to me. I appreciate the opportunity. I don't belong here. That's it. I was hoping I'd fit in, man. I was hoping I'd fit into the system in a way. How fucked up is that? But no, I don't belong there. Do you, and feel, wait, the do you feel like you only really get that sense or that thought when you're in a job where you know you don't fit in, where, you, where you're not right, where a position in your own mind, like your mind is subliminally telling you, you're not, this isn't you, this isn't who you are. Like how many people look in the mirror and they, you know, they have that thought like in the movie where it's like, this isn't you, this isn't, you know, don't do drugs. I don't like it when you're on drugs. You know, that fucking old commercial. I feel like when someone gets to the point where they quit their job, it's because they've been spent, they've been 
in it so long or they've been in it just for the thought of I need to make money rather than I need to be happy. And in a world today where happiness isn't really a factor, money's a factor. But when you get to that point where it just all of a sudden hits you like, I worked at this hotel um, before COVID and everything happened um, around December. I started like, I wasn't feeling comfortable. I was really dreading it. And I wasn't taking the time to like address what that was. I just wanted a paycheck. I wanted to be able to do it. I was comfortable. I was really, really comfortable. And then we got a new manager and I slowly saw her trying to fade me out, trying to take mm-hmm. me into this way where I have an 18 minute video on my phone of this just random bullshit of them trying to fire me. They pull out a piece of paper and say, this is your warning. Um, If you get one more of these, you're gone, you're done, you're terminated. And I said, okay, let me read this over real quick. So I'm reading the whole thing over. She was not expecting that. She said, you know, trying to cut me off. I was reading. I was like, I'm going to read the whole thing. Then they asked multiple times not to have my phone recording. And I said, why can't I record? They said, no, make sure your phone's out. They had to check my phone, make sure it wasn't recording. So I was like, okay. So I signed the thing. Then as soon as I get done signing it, she pulls out another one and hands it to me. And I said, hang on a fucking second. You're really trying to get rid of me. And it was this whole like you're you know, you've been here long enough, but you have this sense of like I have a real strong problem with authority. And but my managers got that. They talked to me like a person like you talked to me. But there was this she came in. She was the new manager. and She wanted everybody to line up and do exactly what she said without raising questions. I was like, well, why are we doing it that way if we could be doing it better this way? And she just looked at me like, "Mm -mm." Um, so once that happened, I went to the main GM, talked to him. I showed him the video of everything they were doing. Then he was like, why don't you take some time off? I said, okay. I went home, had myself a little thought through, and I thought, why the fuck do I want to go back to a place and try and fight for a job where I feel uncomfortable 24-7 and miserable? And it really took that moment. But hold on. Well, After I lost that, after I quit that job and I didn't go back, I spent a whole month feeling like worthless, feeling like I had nothing. And this might be what you might end up heading into, which is why I'm mentioning this here, is where you feel like I need to get a job, I need to get a job, I need to get a job. Then COVID hit, everything shut down. I ended up, I mean, no, wait, hold on. I got a job at a casino in January. And then I was only there a month. I was miserable because I didn't like wearing a suit. I don't like wearing anything that's form fitting or tight. Next thing I know, COVID happens, everything shuts down. So the do- the job I lost and the job I just got, I lost again without my control. So then I spent all these months where everybody was out of work. Then I finally got a job. And I'm trying to find myself. But the thing is, I'm not going to waste any more time feeling like worthless, feeling like this. Even though I think those thoughts in my head, there's a position in time where I might find what I want to do. I might have fun. But for right now, I'm having an amazing time. I'm having this sense of like, and I I know that's not really going to amplify on you on the fact of like, you're way older than me and you have responsibilities like a house and all this other type of stuff. But we're at the same level of like, why spend time being miserable when life in the grand scheme of things isn't that long? It's not this whole aspect. of, And it's not guaranteed. And it's not guaranteed. Again, if you told someone right now at their shit job, and I'm saying this to right now, if you're listening to this, if you're right now in a shit job and I told you you're dying in two days, would you go back into work those next two days? You probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? You wouldn't, you, you're going to use your time to the utmost, you know, so there's that country song, you know, live, live, like, what is it? Live like you're dying, you know? And, um, you know, and it's so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. 
happy, man, because, you know, I, I like I said, I, I was sitting here again, again, ultimately to wrap up. Why did I leave? Well, number one, I just felt like I was wasting my time every single day. But the big reason, and this is what's maybe you have to figure out what your own conflict is. My conflict was in my spirit. My conflict was in, um, was in my spirit, man. man. And, um, feeling that if I, okay, God, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It doesn't say without love, without being the best guy, without helping homeless people. It just says without faith, it's impossible to please me. And I mean, it makes the most sense. Anybody can be good, dude. You know, you, 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 you know what I mean? You, you, uh, someone falls on the steps, you go and pick a help, pick up their groceries. It's good. It's not an act of faith. Faith is impossible or the hardest thing. And I'm like, all right, Lord. And I felt like to this point, I've been a Christian man for, like I said, since I'm a kid and, and I, and I, not just cause I was born, I've told to give this word because it's what I believe through my experience, but I, I find myself like, as you grow, you know, gym references. I always, a lot, a lot of times I always like to compare faith and gym because one of them is building up our physical body, which I do think is important. The other one's about building up our, our spiritual strength. Now it's easy to see this, the physical change, not so easy to see the spiritual change, but just like if you went to the gym and did the same routine over and over again, uh, yeah, you, Hey, go. I went to the gym for the first time ever and ever. And like, yeah, that first month you're benching, you're doing some pushups, even you're going to see a change. Then you level off and plateau. And what do you have to do to get to the next level? You have to kind of go through some pain. You got to push yourself. You got to go through new shit, you know, now, and that keeps happening kind of forever. In the spirit world and my spirit, man, Hey, I've done the things where I've done a little bit. It's like, I said like this, I call God father. God to me is not, it's, it's not like this Dr. Manhattan, like you've said in the past, you know, God to me is my spirit, my, my real creator. And that means if the person who created me on this earth, it's my, you know, my physical, this body is my physical mom and dad. The person that created the inside of me is my, my, my uh, spiritual father. And I feel like when I say, Lord, father, if you're, if I was a dad, I don't have a kid, but, you know, teaching my kid how to ride a bike and, you know, and I remember my dad, you know, you get, you, you know, you put the training wheels on and then you start pedaling and you take one training wheel and then your dad stands there along with you. And it's like, well, whoop, you know, whatever. But then there's the point where your dad just says, all right, Jay, come to me. And you got to start pedaling on by yourself. Now I know what we all know what that feeling is. You know, we're feeling with a little kid, but we all know that feeling even through the eyes of a child going, what do you mean? I might fall. Now, who's the better dad that goes, come on, or the dad that walks back over and goes, all right, here you go. We're never going to grow in life if our dads don't just fucking let us go and go, I know it don't make sense, but you, you got to pedal. You'll thank me later. I just think that's what my spiritual father told me. Jason, I'm not letting you go anymore. I'm asking my dad for a sign or, you know, God, I'm asking God, go or give me a sign and I'll leave. Give me a, a dream and I'll leave. God's like, no, those dreams, those signs are like training wheels and we'll get them when we're young. <clears throat> Just like we'll get good gains from doing pushups. But those gains are going to stop pretty quick once we get to a certain level. Once you get to a certain level of spirituality, a spiritual level of faith, a, a level of you. It's got to change for me, for Jason. This was a time where I had to go, you know what? I've trusted God, but God's always given me a training wheel. God's always given me a, a spot. He didn't spot me this time. I just took the leap. I'm glad trusting. I'm not I'm glad it's not the father that told you Chuck Norris killed Bruce Lee. Jesus, this one sounds like he's got a little bit more of a head on his shoulders. I would say no uh, offense. I'm know. just Chuck, saying yeah, Chuck Norris, he, he may have killed Bruce Lee. We all know that, but, um, you, but, but yeah, what you're saying is the concept of what everybody 
likes to think and what's kind of known, but you don't want it to happen to somebody else is the fact of when you go through hard times, it breeds stronger men or it breeds stronger people. Rough times give you like, you know, they say the, the person that uh, the wisest person, whatever, has the most pain or something like that. It's this concept of you need to go through hard times to experience well, the Bible, what it's like to get yeah. better. The Bible says count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulation. And you're like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Well, because it's iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? You can't make di diamonds are made under pressure. Orange juice, orange juice is made under pressure. You know, it's like those are the um, the, you know, the worldly ways of saying those same type of things. And for me. Like I said, for me, the conflict, the, the pain I felt was not from the job. The job's fine. I can do the job. It's not that. I can be yelled at. I can be told what to do. I can, it is not that. To me, my pain was coming from my internal struggle of saying, I know I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm too afraid to leave. Yeah, that's like when I, it's my reference of now when I got like – when you're when you're a person and you're watching porn, it's like when you watch porn, your soul is this beautiful, perfect structure thing. But then every time you watch it, a little bit of pixels fly off. And every time, every time that eventually you're this fucking shell of a husk because you're just beaten down and broken because you've let this. I mean, this is what everybody talks about. The system, the system isn't this government thing trying to fuck you in the ass. It's lined up to breed nine to five work factory workers in case war yeah. times happen. But a lot of people nowadays aren't like that with the era of creativity. There's this aspect of trying to reach your full potential potential but that full potential gets put on lock when you fall into something where you know you don't fit but nobody ever wants to feel that uncomfortable feeling they keep the mindlessness they keep the drinking the only thing you know they say stay woke when it comes to pc culture but you stay woke when it came to your life i mean finding out who you are on yeah, a concept of, about this. you're not right well think about this man we're told we're told when we're a little kid and you're in school and you're like they're telling you about fucking math that you've never fucking used in your life or something, you know, about like uh, not math. I'll say like something like, you know, the fucking uh, history of the Mayans or some bullshit history lesson or uh, talking to you about cell division in uh, science class and you're daydreaming. What do they tell you? Hey, where's your head at? You know, those our creativity, man, is stifled as children because we're told quit daydreaming, focus on this. And all, the this is all bullshit. The this is all bullshit. And we're told, though, from a young age, like literally how, like kids, you see little kids pretend, man. You know, you know what? You remember what it's like to be a kid and you're in the bathtub and you're playing with, Fuck, you, dude, you know, if I the, had to count how many times I played a fucking Power Ranger. Oh, my God. But you know what I'm saying? You know, when you're a kid and you see the fucking battle, man. And an adult, you tell them to do that same thing. Adults like, well, it's not real. What if it is real, man? What if that's the way we're supposed to be, you know, and you're just fucking creativity's killed through that fucking system. Um, but what I was going to say to you, I wanted to bring this back and you're that feeling, you know, what is the feeling you felt? The feeling I felt, man, being at that job is the same feeling that if you've ever you know been in a relationship and you get you meet the girl and she's like hey why and you're walking hey you want to walk me out hey do you want to come to my car and you're like fuck like do you know what i mean you feel that feeling i don't know if you can pick make yourself picture it but you know what i mean where you're like i'm about to do something wrong that's the feeling i felt sometimes that's that wrong is kind of right though Ah, shut the, but you know what I'm saying? But that's <laughs> yeah. the feeling I felt. That's your spirit. That's something warning you, your conscious, whatever you want to call it. But that's something warning you, Robbie, Robert, you're about to fuck up. You, you, you pushing know? it with that Robert thing, aren't you, dog? Aren't you? Well, that's what you're, but, that, but that's what you'd hear, man. You'd feel it. You'd feel it. You'd know it. And if you're at your job and you're feeling that thing and you're, but here's the thing, do that thing long enough. And guess what happens, man? You don't even recognize it's a thing anymore. You're desensitized to it. 
you're desensitized. You know, you know what got me was when I was driving my car and you called me and, or I called you and then you told me this whole aspect of like, I think you helped me waking it up because it wasn't that like, oh, like I'll pat myself on the back. I did a good deed. It was more on the aspect of like, you sounded so much fucking more refreshed than you did before. Like before it was still kind of like, hey, this is going to be my, like you told me before the last time, let's make it light. Let's make it light. I wanted to make it light, you know? And that's because you want to have fun at the end of a long tasking day. But today just mm-hmm. seemed different. You didn't seem like you were, because I guess you, you you stopped the bullshit right in the beginning. You know, you, you, you were like, I'm done with it. You know, the whole concept. I haven't of felt this job. way, man. I haven't felt this way. And here's the thing. And like I said, what did I gain from this job? If I said to God, why did you put me here, Lord? Why did you put me here to make sure I don't waste my time anymore to make sure I know the value of doing what you're meant to do. I've taken my jobs and things that I've done. Now, I don't want to say I've taken them for granted because I've always appreciated everything I have. I've always been excellent in everything I've done. I've always been the guy that gets the biggest bonus, the biggest fucking percentage raise, you know, and all that stuff like that because I've always appreciated where I've been. I've never looked down on anybody if they, I think they have a lesser job. I always was brought up to treat the janitor like the CEO, though it's not that, but it's, I know what it's like to really waste my time. And I can't let that happen anymore. I can never let that happen again. I felt because, and I know, I, I, again, I just have a real realization of, man, do not be, do not be and do something you're not doing. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe now I'm saying it out loud. I'm saying this all in real time. This is not, not, maybe it's for everybody else. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I said, I want to be the one in my beast crucified. Maybe I went through the last four months of feeling what I've been feeling so I can tell other people, please do not waste your time. Please don't waste your time. I'm saying that with real passion. I think you can hear it. Please don't waste your time, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in a job, if you're in a situation, you're in a relationship, you're in somewhere where you are not being appreciated or not being, uh, I'm getting emotional here, but if you're not being appreciated, not being valued, fucking leave. Get out. Get out. Thank me later. What's next on the horizon then? What, what are you even pondering? I mean, come on, dude. You, you, you dismiss yourself with the whole arm wrestling shit, but for the one time we could probably bring it up in an episode and actually talk about it. It's like, that's a fucking great avenue, dude. Like, you're good at it. You know, you got the you got the looks for it. You got the passion for it, at least. How about like, looks? How much looks? Yeah. I have fucking, too many teeth to be a real pro. Well, start it up, dude. Make that a Maybe. thing. Make that into, into a professional thing. Do competitions. If people can win at fucking eating competitions. You, there should be arm wrestling competition. You should be kicking ass at. I mean, a whole aspect of it. That's what you enjoy doing. Then why aren't you doing it? I mean, a whole concept yeah. of like, do what you enjoy. We always say it. We preach it. Hell, might as well start living by it by doing what you love. I mean, doing what you enjoy, at least that makes the time fly. I mean, a difference between a call when you're talking to a customer service person and a difference between a call when you're talking to me, hopefully is the aspect that it goes by faster. I mean, oh my t- God, exactly. it's because you're actually in you're paying attention you're not mindlessly just fucking doing shit that you don't want to do and you're getting paid to do that you're coming here for free i'm paying you with love and admiration well again you said what happened okay now that i'm thinking about it here's something that happened so my wife on monday wasn't feeling well or uh tuesday sorry tuesday wasn't feeling well and um and she was and she was going to call into work um now my wife works at a gym and uh, she's like that runs the front office and stuff like that at a, at a gym um i know the owners and everything and like that we're all cool we're like one big family and uh, and so and, he, and the and the guy said oh my god is there any way you can go in we have two deliveries coming you know you can leave as soon as they're done or they get there but they're going to come between 11 and like 
too, you know? And, um, but, you know, but you can leave the moment they're, they're there, you know? And she's like, you know, and, and I was like, Sarah, what, listen, I already called into work today because I just felt, I didn't sleep all night. I felt like shit. I'm like, why don't I'll go into the gym for you? Stay home. I'll just be there to, you know, I'll sign the, the packages when they come. Is that cool? So she told him, Hey, Jason's going to go in and sign for you. Whatever I did. But I'll say this, man, I was sitting there at a fucking empty gym. You know, it's, it's like a one, it's a, just a private gym. It's like you own your key card to get in, you know, the gym kind of runs itself, but I sat there and, you know, I'm there if any new members would have come in or do the deliveries, but I sat there and I was just like, I looked at my clock and it was like 1230. And I'm like, I got there at nine. I know from when I'm here working out of home, nine to 10 feels like 95 fucking weeks, nine there to 1230. It felt like no problem. A couple customers came in. I bit bullshit about weightlifting. A guy came in, asked me, Hey man, how do you do the thing? Hey, Oh, you're the arm wrestler guy. What do you do for your uh, hand strength? Dude, I'm like, shit, this is what it feels like to be happy and peaceful. Again, when I, my mom asked me, I did a podcast with that guy, Robbie again. Oh yeah. How do you feel when you do that? Fucking peaceful. Wait, Not even happy. Your mom asked you about the podcast. She watched the other one. Yeah, she watched the uh, the other one we did with the uh, when we ended up talking about like the end times and all that shit. Hi, Mrs. Latona. Mm. Oh, she'll definitely watch this one. Yeah, she'll definitely be watching this one. That's but the most important. Doesn't that feel good this, though when you're doing something and it goes by so quick? Where you're like, where did this, this is time the most, go? But this is, dude, this is the most important. I, I hate to say it like it's going to sound like a fucking dip, dip, dip bag, dipshit, dick bag, both dipshit bag. Um, but this is the most important podcast you've ever done because this will speak. Even if it changed two, one, it will change someone's life that what I said there before will change your life because I know I'm not the only person that feels like this. There's certain things that people can't identify with. You have a, you know, a, a, a psychic on, you have a, a astrophysicist on, you have a comedian on there's, you know, but everyone can deal with arm wrestling. No, I'm just kidding. But everyone can deal, knows what it feels like to probably, like I said, whether a relationship, a, a, a car payment, you know what I mean? People can get trapped to their car payment. But you got to you know understand what I'm saying? that fear, man, that fear aspect of things. I know you're saying faith so, and stuff. Oh, and here's the it's hard. So real. It's here, so real. Yeah, I know. But here's the hard part is not everyone is religious like you do. No one has that faith like you. And I mean, at least a lot of people listening might not have that faith like you. So you have to. F- you have to speak to them like you're speaking to everyone. The problem is when you speak to the faith, when you speak of that, even though that's your, even though that's you and you are hundred percent confined and you are hundred percent, that's what it is. A lot of people can't connect with that. And this is when you have okay. to preach to all audiences on the aspect of that fucking fear, man is a demon okay. that gra- hold on. Let me speak this, but it grasps you to the point where you're afraid to leave. You're afraid to go and take that shot. And I want to hear the side of you that under not talking about the faith side of it, but understands that it's not worth it. It's not worth staying locked down to the fucking bathtub, like a fucking saw movie. It doesn't make sense. It makes it miserable. And yeah, the scariness is the unknowing. It's not the fear of losing the job. It's being afraid of not having anything and you can find something sure as hell better. The art of war says the anticipation of death is worse than death itself exactly the same it's not the, the the scary part isn't the jump the scary parts in the in between the bullshit and the jump this is where fear is right here and i will address that let's address it right now yes while i may be speaking of a creator a father a faith figure a thing how about this i think even if i didn't feel that way i made the right decision still you know why because a day happy is better than a hundred days sad 
you know, and whether you believe in the universe, you believe in a creator, Buddha, Allah, or you just believe in yourself, don't you owe yourself don't you owe your wife? Don't you owe your children the best version of you? If you're home right now, you're like, I feel so alive. I feel so good when I'm jet skiing. And you don't live anywhere around a fucking lake? Fucking. Go to move, move to where a lake is and jet ski, man. I can tell you one thing. Being a jet ski guide for five years, fuck that. That's not happiness at all. That just causes all spine right, problems it. and fucking near-death you know, experiences. No, but I'm being serious. You know, if you love skiing and it makes you so happy, but you live in South Florida, why don't you move to somewhere there's cold? If you love the beach and you live nowhere near, well, that's easy to say. Yeah, it is easy to say. And uh, guess what? You cannot do it and just keep going down the same shit until you fucking die. And let's pretend I'm wrong. And I think there's life after that. But let's just say there isn't. That's even fucking worse. It's like moving that's to even Hawaii worse. and then bitching about the weather. It's like, what, what, what'd you expect? But that's even worse. That's even worse. It's even worse to think that in an X amount of time, this thing won't exist anymore. And I'm okay with just being complacent and being shit. Do you feel like you have a better, I guess, realization that you've already kind of done what the most important thing is already in life? Like on the aspect of like, instead of trying to find out like who you are trying to find, like try, it seems like an effort to prove yourself. Do you realize that you've already proved yourself in the eyes of so many people, like people that you've come in contact, people that you meet every time you have a conversation with them. I mean, I feel like I'm essentially better just getting to fucking know you and have these conversations with you, but on an aspect of you're touching people's lives already by just being yourself, being this fun, go-getting guy, being this guy that's real, you know, it's that aspect of like, it, it was a hard thing for me because I had this huge ego of I want to be Mr. Popularity, but I knew that was an issue in myself. And I was like, do you want to be remembered by a billion people for a second or do you want to be remembered by few forever? And it was an aspect of like showing your whatever you want to call light, showing whatever your positivity, your motion in the ocean, if you want to go with that example, you're, you're doing it. And I think that's what everyone really needs to realize is like this aspect of trying to be the top dog, be this Kevin Hart type ideal doesn't come with the idea of wanting to be that. It comes with the idea of wanting to be yourself and never bullshitting, never being this fake persona that's like, I need everyone to like me. I need everyone to see me as this thing. You need to be yourself or you're going to build up the wrong audience. You're going to build up this thing that's going to attract people that are going to tear you down in the long run when you try to expose who you really are. Not this concept well, of like, you're an inner right. demon but the concept of like be yourself if you get in a relationship with anybody and you guys move in together and you're not being that comfortable like farting whenever you want that whole feeling you get when you're in your room by yourself eventually that person and you are going to end up separating on the aspect of you not you're you're lying you're playing a disguise and we walk around too much in society like i mentioned it before the mask thing was mandatory i said why do you care about wearing a mask on your face when you've been wearing a mask most of your entire life on the aspect of nobody's being themselves it's a world of I need people to look at me at, at like this, and then I get to be a freak in the side. I don't like well, that. It's not you. You know what I said the very first time during my interview process um, with the company, with the 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 bait, my final interview with like the main guy, the hiring guy. What I said to him, I said, I'm just going to be honest. I need this job, but the only thing I need more than this job is my own integrity. And 
well, here we are. And so it shouldn't be that big of a shock when I have in problems with the integrity of the company. So it shouldn't be that big of a shock. And I wasn't lying. I wasn't lying. And here's the thing. When you said all those things, and I appreciate the compliments. I really do. They mean a lot to me. Um, I, I do. I love making people laugh. I love making people happy. And when I felt myself, another reason why today's decision had to be made, that person was going away. The happy person, the fun person, the loving person, that person was being consumed by the suit reference I said to you earlier. It's and like they, the they, Buffalo they Bill scenario. You're tossing the Jason down the well and you put the lotion in the basket until he gets yeah. the hose again. No, but again, what did he want to do? He was putting on a suit because he didn't want to be himself. I had the opposite thing happen. I, I'm trying to pull, make sure the suit's not covering me. But meanwhile, it's just like, whoop, whoop, you know what I mean? And I'm sitting there pulling off one piece at a time, but it's just coming over my back, man. And, and I can't be that person. I, my, I walked my wife out to work this morning. I gave her a kiss. She said, call me later. And I started crying. I started crying because I can see my wife's sadness. Whether I'm making my wife cry because she found out, you know, I was cheating on her or she found out whatever I hurt her. I do not want to make my wife cry. The decision is easy. I will not make my wife cry. And when I know I'm the one making my, I hate, see, I don't want to see my wife upset. And if I'm, I see I'm making her upset because she loves me and sees that this job is changing me. So, bye. Thank you. Thank you. Most people look at that in a different way. Like the priority is keeping the job to make sure you can sustain for that life or to stay sane for your kids to sustain for that. But you got to think in the aspect of would your kids want you miserable? I mean, coming from an aspect of a child that had both parents work two jobs and they were never home, there's more of an aspect than just having a house over your head. There's an aspect of an emotional connection. I think that just reaches to a different audience out there that's listening is like, hey, yeah, that's my scenario. I'm trying to play the to all perspectives. The here. world's fucked up right now. The world's fucked up right now because I came from a generation where I had my family at home. I was raised by parents. I had parents, I had a mom, uh, you know what I mean? That stayed home. I had to, didn't took care of us. And a dad, when I see him, Hey dad, you know, whatever the today's generation does have to, you're born into uh, uh, babysitters, preschool, going to school, get home and more babysitting. No fucking people knows how, how loved they are. And that's the problem. People, I ask this all the time, are people born good or bad? What do you think? Good. Pure. Okay. I'm okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, and that's what most people say. And I'm going to try to change your mind. Here we go. I think people are born bad. I think people are born evil. And here's the thing. When a little what parent has ever taught their child to lie? But yet you ask a small baby, did you eat the cookies? I didn't eat the cookies. <laughs> Lying is deceitful. That's not that's not them teaching them how to lie. That's just watching your environment of what happens when you get in trouble. But here. No, but let me. But what I'm saying is we inherently know how to be bad children have to be taught share robbie share your ice cream let jason play with that robbie jason let robbie play with that because no we are fucking let me finish you, let me finish we are inherently evil creatures that if the you're not told robbie what do you say thank you what do you share make sure you share give some to jason let bobby play with robbie let johnny play no if we're not taught that you turn into fucking criminals. Criminals, when you hear the story, is I didn't know my mom. I didn't know my dad. I was never told this or told that. You're right. And that's what happens. You turn into a fucking asshole. First or are you all, staying at? You just become the asshole that you were actually meant to be from the beginning. When the fuck do we get ice cream? Second off, 
I feel like <laughs> I feel like everybody needs to blame something though. Don't you see that's the concept of things? Nobody wants to find actions or take response for their decisions. Oh, it was because of my dad was never there. It was because of my mom was never there. I never blame them for any of my shit. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about how how we're, when we're little kids, little kids. And you see, and I'm not, it's, uh, I, I, I'm generalizing because you do see that one child every once in a while that's selfless, that shares with his toys, that, that goes making a drawing. He just hands it to you. And you're like, what a sweet little boy. Those people are out there. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying you're p- choosing me out of the haystack here. I'm saying like uh, the biggest thing awakening for me that I always said, if I had to do something, if it was good or bad, I would have to take actions for my decisions. As much as I spent so much time blaming them on something else or trying to say, oh, it's because of this or making an excuse for it. I never said it was because of uh, this person wasn't there or this person wasn't there. I always just said... I- I gotta take my I gotta take my licks as they come. I gotta be myself. I spent a lot of time alone thinking inside of my head and trying to figure out what is the thing. But the biggest thing that would always hurt me was when someone would say, Do you know how that makes me look? Do you know how that makes yeah, me this? But and I'm, you're oddly the, smart. Yeah, but that's you're oddly the thing, smart though. for your age. That's the thing. You're you're oddly smart for your age. You're uh the other thing is most people your age, uh, I just had a thing that happened with me the other day at uh um at, at, at a gym I go to and and like I got into it I literally I thought I was going to do a fight and do um because people and I don't want to fight with anybody dude but people don't and Mike Tyson says this too people miss the value don't understand the real value of knowing what it's like to be punched in the mouth everyone now fights behind their internet their social media their fucking Facebook their Instagram YouTube comments and no shit we talked about this before there's no way in fuck like the woman that came into your gym that was yelling then she says oh hey oh now we're fucking friends right people don't know what it's like that people don't value what it's like to, to be punched in the fucking mouth um and, you know, man, I like I said, I, I I look at everything and, you know, we're a product of our environments. You know, we're we're we become a product of our decisions, all these things like this. The decision I made today um, was me a culmination of me talking and me per- saying what I think I believe to everybody else and being too much of a fucking pussy to do anything about it. And then I go, you know what? I got to I can't I know if I'm going to get to my next level again forget faith. I think it's faith, destiny. But for you to get to the next level of whatever you're going to do, you got to fucking probably go through some pain and push yourself. I, I mean, I agree to that 100%. I think the hardest thing is... And that's why, that's why I made the decision. The hardest thing is fucking the first leap, the leap. Again, I don't know if you ever heard this before. I love this analogy. Um, it, it, it's Because it, it's a real thing, you know, and I use it as a, as a spiritual, spiritual analogy, but I can make it for the non-believers, make it for everyone. It's general across the board. Um, eagles, eagles, when a, when a mother eagle is building her nest, okay, uh, for the eaglets, right? They take so much time. <laughs> and e- that, no, the eaglets, no, what the fuck kind of school did you go to? Whatever they're called, baby eagles. I don't know. But what I'm saying, that's Hatchlings. why I sent you that photo, whatever. But that's why I sent you the photo of an eagle because I love this analogy. They, they, the, the, the mother spent such a, 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 a great amount of time more than any other bird making an eagle's nest that they take so long to. When the eagles are born, the baby eagles never want to leave their nest. They literally won't leave. They will not leave the nest. So what does the mother do? They start putting in sticks, stones, rocks, um, uh, um, what you call um, little daggers, like the jaggers, uh, pointed things, you know, thorns or thorns. They start putting these things into the nest. And what does the eaglets do? They, the baby eagles literally start creeping into a corner and the mom is literally adding more and more shit through the nest is so uncomfortable that the eaglets literally get to the edge and they are forced out and they fall. 
but eagles fly higher than every other fucking bird. But they don't want to leave, man. I felt that's what happened to me today. I felt like today me leaving was not just me being so brave, but I believe it was God putting sticks, stones, thorns into my nest or my job that made it so uncomfortable that now it looks like it's God's going to give me the credit and say I took the jump, but I got to give it to God. God made it so uncomfortable that I had to jump. I had to leave. Oh, you know the feeling I got? The same feeling that my friend Trevor said to me. What feeling you're going to get? Because he brought that analogy up to me. He said, dude, you told me this like eight years ago. You told me this analogy and it stuck with me ever since. What do you think that baby eagle feels like when it finally falls? And it thinks it's falling, but it's like, ah, holy shit. This is amazing. That's how I feel right now. So what's the next step? Can't let the high come down. Am I right? You can't fly too high to where no, you hit the sun no. and like Icarus's wings. The glue comes off. I'm not. So. No, no, no. I'm not flying. I'm not. I'm not flying right now. I just jumped and I'm cruising. I'm. That's all I'm at right now. Well, where, just, where's where's the cruising going to? You got to keep it going. You gotta, can't just hey, stop. We got to find out. No, we were right. We got to find out. Like I said, I, I believe I have a real calling for teaching. I have a real calling for wanting to help people. Should be a, a motivational kid. speaker. I've been told that since I'm 12. Do I a TED a talk. Kid. I have a real gift for helping people and um, you know, and I want to be able to use, use the platforms that we have right now. I always wanted my, when I was young, I always wanted my own TV show. Well, guess what? This is kind of it right now. You know, I put out my own TV content. Oh my God. I just see me and you like one of those sitcoms where like, he's an ex power ranger. He's a podcaster. And then it's like, it's no, Jason I, I love, hey, no man. No, I love the idea of that. I, I, I'll show you a photo, man. I picture this shit. This is what I picture with my life right now. I'll show you a photo. It's not a dick pic. You um, should call it the Latona Lowdown. I love it. The Latona Lowdown. I think I read. Anyway, but no, no, just that, 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 uh, that the, the two dudes at the small desk with fucking, you know, monitor behind him. And you know what I mean? I love it. That's what my, that's my dream. Did you hear my title for the show? Yeah, Latona Lowdown. That's perfect. It might be, or low down with Latona, or get in, I don't know, under Jason's cock. Get in line with Latona. I don't know. But I am serious, man. I know I have- Dude, SpongeBob reference. Living like Larry, living like Latona. Maybe. But, uh, you know- You can't, you can't, I was trying to think of a way to do YOLO with Latona. (laughs) God. Hey, I got to piss. Do you want me to pause again? Yeah, let's pause. I, I, because I keep, I definitely want to keep talking. Please, Got more motivation, man. I don't want to forget the feeling in it. I don't want to forget the feeling I have right now. I wrote down already uh, that you know March or uh, January twenty eighth, March <laughs> January twenty eighth, um, two thousand twenty one is the first day of the next chapter of my life. You know who you would really enjoy uh, listening to in a podcast form? Who's that? Uh, Pete Holmes. I don't know their name. He's a popular comedian on buzzfeed but he's got like a real like he talks just like you a lot when it comes to things like he remembers spending so many times with his ex-wife where he was just miserable where he would put notes in her phone to the point where it was like she called me a bitch today she called me this today she called me this today and then one day he went he found something else to add to his notes and he considers this a sign of god is when um he went to go check his notes and it all his phone deleted them all it updated and deleted everything so it was an awakening to him, like, why the fuck are you keeping notes in a relationship? Why, why are you in yeah. this relationship? It was just like this awakening thing to him, which is kind of like how you're talking about, where it's like this sign is just like somebody pulled the curtain from out from away from your eyes so you can kind of see the light here. It's like an aspect of like, I don't, why, why waste more time being uncomfortable or unhappy when there's only, if you really think about it, like what, like 
I can't even calculate the amount of minutes that are in a fucking right. year. Right. Uh, well, 525,600 minutes. That's the French song. So that's how many. So if there's that many, why would you waste another one being stuck in a job that you? Well, it's like? hey, it's it's the Fight Club uh, thing, man. You know, this is your job. Or this is your life. And it's ending one second at a time. Still haven't at a, seen Fight Club. Dude, dude, that movie will change your life, man. Dude, uh, you know, you work a job you hate so you can buy shit you don't need. The things you own end up owning you all folk for, you know, fight club things. And they're like, man, is that true? Because, again, when you have a fucking, you know, $300,000 house that you don't own that house, that house owns you because the moment the plumbing goes bad, the moment the pool got a heater, got to go and everything like that. Well, now you are you are stuck now to the shit job that you fucking hate because you got to take care of the shit fucking house that you live in. Wow. For who? To impress who? Hey, if you love it, I get it. No problem. But if you're doing it to impress other people, you know, like, fuck, man, there's girls out there right now and dudes out there driving cars to impress chicks or girls walking around with a fucking two thousand dollar Louis Vuitton bag for what you just worked. Look at the amount of time you put to work to buy that bag. For who? Who's seeing that bag? And you know who can say that? No, you know who can say that with all the fucking clarity in the world? This guy. Because you know what this guy has? This guy has fucking Louis Vuitton shoes and Gucci belts and shit. Fuck. When I look back at it, you know I was buying that stuff? Because I was unhappy. Do you think it's just an aspect of trying to impress people on the aspect of that's what they feel like they need to do when the only person yes. they need to impress is the person inside of themselves? Yeah, press your wife, impress your kids, press your, be a good dad, be a good husband. You know what I mean? Be a good father, be a good mother, impress those people. Who gives a fuck? Dude, there are people right now neglecting their kids right now. Their kids probably crying in the room while they're doing this, trying to get a good selfie. You know that right now. And if you're doing that right now, fuck, you're a piece of shit. But you know that's fucking happening, right? Right this moment. Yeah, I know. And it, that's, that's, that's kind of really upsetting. Of course. But how horrible. many people are neglecting their here's the issue is everybody thought that when this whole pandemic happened that there was gonna be we're gonna spend more time together, we're gonna have these. We haven't been having family dinners, and I've been saying it for a year and a half for the longest time. No most of the population isn't doing that. It's all about Netflix going to the rooms and doing and building up their own walls inside of their own house where their walls are already built up. It doesn't make any sense. And it's all an aspect. I think we just lost touch with people. I think there needs to be an awakening of certain things, and that's what everyone was like coronavirus is going to do that no it lasts two fucking weeks me i i've almost died three times in my life one was by a fucking jet ski so when you say if you like jet skiing no 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 it's not fun when that happened two weeks of my life i was this whole different person and then it went away because you need something that keeps you in that mindset there's because that's why when you said you wrote that down you wrote you don't want this feeling to end in a week from now that feeling is going to end but having something you can refer back to that that can show you that glimpse of what that is like it's like living in a memory but it's something to hold on to to let you know to but that's never what, suffer that's again. what but that's what i'm so glad to have this that do this right now so i can go back and hold myself accountable to this guy to you talking to you jason but to this guy you know what i'm saying um to hold, I, it, it's a it's a it's a video diary right now i'm making a video diary of something of a big, very important day for me so, so thank you for that but two Wait, things two more things do you think there's a piece of you right now in the future that's looking back on this moment right now on a tv and showing his grandkids like hey like that's fucking that's that was a point in my life when i didn't know 
Like that was a point. I don't know. Like, I always I mean, like to cool. look at my future self, like showing on the big screen to like my family in like the future. Like, hey, look where I was and watch this go. I mean, it's kind of selfish because you're thinking in a biography form, but on an aspect right. of like, hey, there are down moments in your life. And I know it seems like the tunnel is never coming and you're never going to get out, but there is a light to it and it does come out. Yeah. And it's very hard to see it at the time, but with time heals and time brings this new era of awakening, I would say, you know, to this whole idea of who you are as a person. What is, what's fun? What's, what's the good in you? What's the part that you want to enjoy and the things that you want to pursue? And just because you don't know it now might not it doesn't mean you're never going to know what that is. You just have to look and uh, find it. Well, there was a pastor that made this really, to me, really beautiful reference. Another church you know, reference. Was, Jesus. Yeah, but but listen to this. Um, and he cross said, um, yeah, uh, I don't believe in that. Um, but you I know, said Jesus he, he, says across yourself. That's all good. But what I'm saying is um, he said, and it's a really beautiful analogy. He said, you know. Um, he likes watching football. You know, he's a football fan, but always, you know, as a pastor, he, um, you know, teach, teach, he has service on Sunday. So when he gets home, he DVRs the game and watches the games. Now he says every once in a while, um, you know, he likes to stay off the internet and make sure he doesn't hear about the score or anything like that. Right. But he said every once in a while, he'll find out the score ahead of time. And he goes in and especially like when they know he knows the team. Uh, the team won, you know, his team won and, you know, and, and he watches the game and he's like, oh, they won, you know, 35 to, 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 you know, 35 to 28, his team won. But he's like, when he's watching the game in real time, though, he's watching his team getting beat 28, nothing. Now, if he didn't know the, the end by accident, you know what I mean? Because he is watching a DVR game, but if he didn't know the end, he was like, well, shit, it looks hopeless. 28, nothing. It's the end of this third quarter, but he knows though, the score ends up being 35 to 28. And so it makes it almost more exciting to him going, how the fuck are they, how are we going to come back from this? You know? And I, and why I think that's really cool is because the, you know, the, the, you've sparked in my mind, you're talking about the future self thing and all that stuff like that. I don't know if I believe it exactly like that or see it exactly like that, but what if we started looking at our life from a perception of we, we are going to be the winners. We are going to win. And we end up doing, we know the score and we, we are going to win. Would we keep, you know what I mean? Would it, would it be different? while we're playing the game now and watching the watching it back you it's know? kind of like the age-old question if i showed you a card that said what day you were going to die on it would you want to know and a lot of people are like no because right. we talked about what... that before yeah well right. what happens if you know what that day is but then you're like that means all that time that i have until that day i can do whatever the fuck i want and it changes the whole game up of everything i mean even though you're you know what the ending score is going to be you don't know how the game's going to play out you still that's still the entertaining it's, it's still interesting exactly yeah. it's super yeah and it, but again it almost kind of makes it more exciting if if you were up 35 if you heard the score was 35 28 you know or 35 nothing and you're watching, you already scored 20. You, you already know you won. You probably shut the game off. Who gives a shit if you know? No, let's say it's 35-28. But in you're up 35 nothing in the first or by the second. You're just going to be like, well, dude, what? I, we, I know we're not going to score anymore. So I shut the game off. I don't care if they score. We, I know we won. But it's kind of interesting to see how you come back from the fucking what seems to be a loss, you know, or seems to be there's no way we're coming back. I think that's interesting. Um. Something else I wanted to touch on real quick, though, you know, when we talk about what brought me to this decision, I wanted to say this earlier and I thought about it now. A friend of this guy, I know, um, uh, one of the guys who owns this gym that my wife works for, he said to me, because um, he knows I was, I was kind of talking about job stuff. And he said to me, you know, 
uh, a few years ago, he said, you know, because he's a he does play poker. He was an online poker player. He said, I was playing online poker. I was working out of my home, making $200 an hour. And he said, dude, it was the most miserable I ever been in my life. And simply because of the isolation. And, you know, and he's like, and I was like, well, imagine I'm making like 16 bucks an hour and you're fighting with people all day long, you know? And he was like, yeah, but I just wanted you to, I just want to share that with you because of the isolation, man. You're just there. That fucking, you know, like when you said the last time, where can you find me? I'm like right there. You know, I'm there all the time, you know, and I'm, I, I, I'm leaving. I'm done at the end of the day. And dude, I'm more tired. I used to, you know, my background, man, I used to do stunts, high falls, fucking, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, you know, full on, you know, 25 minute and high energy that's shows. That's physical though. That's not emotional. You're emotional. But, but again, no, but I'm so. saying though, I agree. I agree. But what I'm simply saying is that I was more tired after sitting here on a computer, you know, emailing and talking to people than I ever was at doing an eight hour day of physical labor. And like you said, why? It's not physically, but I'm so emotionally drained. I just want to eat and go to bed. And that dude, gets I've bad, that dude, now. because if dude, you're that's all your, I've done for four months. If you're in your house, that makes your house feel like a lockdown prison. Like that's why I tell like people are like, oh, I, I'm excited I get to work from home. Eventually you get sick of your fucking home because you're bringing work there. There's a reason why if work is stressful and you don't feel the need to leave and you feel like you have to keep this thing, there's a reason why it's called work and you have to go to it because on the aspect of it shouldn't be involved in your home. That's like bringing something like it's like bringing hookers over when you're par- if you don't have a cool relationship with your parents, you know what I mean? You don't bring hookers over. It's that whole aspect of like No, you, you don't bring you don't bring hookers to your house where you where it, it's one thing to fuck some another woman. It's another thing to fuck a woman in your own bedroom. Don't shit where you sleep. That's the whole aspect is like you move well, that again, to a it, different room. Yeah. Well, again, the thing is, too, it's why they say you shouldn't put TV in your bedroom or you shouldn't put your office desk in your bedroom because you're no you're always going to equate that and you're never going to be able to sleep soundly. I, I believe in those things 100 um, percent, you know, just like with this thing, you know, with with uh, bringing your work, like you said, it sounds like a blessing at first. And hey, man, it's not because just. Disneyland's the happiest place on earth. If your fucking son got killed at a ride at Disneyland, someone says Disneyland, you're going to be fucking angry. And that's what it is. You'll get mad at your own house, your own wife, your own relationships, especially if you're working from home right now, you know, and, and it ain't what you fucking love. Yeah, that's going to be a bad thing. So that's another message for people listening. You got to start talking to me and not these people. Well, here's the thing, man. Um, you're also talking to yourself when yeah. you do these too. Oh, of course. That's why I love it. It's super clarity. It's, 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 again, I feel peaceful. I feel alive when I'm doing this, man. I feel alive. I feel like it's what I'm meant to be doing. Why do you think this feeling goes away, though? Do you think that it's an aspect of like, it's something that brings realization to your life and certain moments that can help you find clarity? Because I feel like if you had this moment and you had this feeling forever, there's an important part of why it goes away because it makes you cherish it so much more when you do feel this because people don't experience, some people might experience this once a month. Some people might experience this once every couple of months. Some people might experience this once every couple, like 20 something years on an aspect of like, when does it hit you? But once you have that feeling, it's a fucking high. It's like why people love runner's high. 
rise so much. We'll use a gym reference there. That feeling of those hormones that go up where it was like on the way to the gym, you feel like shit, but afterwards you feel so fucking good. That's why people chase it down. That's why people do it so much is because that work, that build up all the way to where that feeling of something good is, you know, that, 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 that payoff, it's meant to hit those moments. I don't believe it's meant to be forever. Well, here's the thing. And I normally, I would agree with you, but here's the, the, this the only, and I do agree. I, not I don't. I do agree with you. Here's the only thing that makes me question what I am even agreeing with. I've been married now for three and a half years. You know, I'll get on four years. I've known my wife. I've known my wife for nine years. Um, Potential guest, your wife. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, she'd love. I think that'd be cool. Can we have all um, three yeah, of us. What's in it, what, yeah, what's it like to live with Jason Latona? Um, uh, but here's the thing why I was going back to that is because, you know, you hear people like, uh, you hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, the honeymoon doesn't last forever. Uh, the honeymoon's over, you know, things like that. And, you know, and you hear the people reference their wives. I know it's a joke, but, you know, all the, you know, the, the old ball and chain or this or this or that. I love my wife more every day, man. Every day I look at that woman. I think she's better. Do you also think that's because you actually are happy? A lot of people are keeping up, like I said before, a disguise of like being this other person. Then you get married and all these other things start falling by the wayside. Eventually, hey, you know, that's the main reason 100%. why I don't like makeup. If she's wearing 100%. makeup, no, fuck makeup. Because first of all, if I wake up and you don't look like the person I went to bed with, that's an issue. That means I fell in love with the glorified up version of you. I'd rather fall with the original you, the one that is you 24 seven. So I don't have to worry. And only thing you can do from there is an, is if you want to say makeup, use an improvement or something. It means I don't, when I roll out of bed, whatever, that whole thing. If you like that version, the roll out of bed version, the one that is the natural you, then anything you do on top of that only improves it, but never hurts it. So many people fall in love with this idea of this is what they look like. This is what they look like on Instagram, all these other types yeah, of things. That's shit, not yeah. fucking them though. And then they get upset by it. It's this aspect of like, be your fucking self. It's not well, that hard. It's really not. Yeah. Here's the thing. And and when you talk about being married and da-da-da, you said because I'm happy. Here's the fucking problem. And this is the reality a lot of people don't want to talk to them even themselves about is people get married because they were lonely. People have kids because they were bored. You know, well, people and, have kids and, because they want another piece of themselves to live on forever. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm saying there are people that have children because their relationship is boring. And I'm then they're like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Let's have, oh, no, there's people that can have kids because they're like, I want to have kids. And that's amazing. But you know what? There are so many poor people right now, people that are in this world, our age or your age, my age or even older, that were fucking accidents. That were accidents or were put out of like a fucking means of creativity before a woman because she's like, I got nothing to do. I just want to take care of another baby. And then the baby gets up and whatever uh, the baby and you see it because you see those relationships with the with the woman has like seven kids and they're all like the same two, you know, year and a half apart. Why? Because they, they got out of the, they, they got out of that baby stage and now they, she wants to take care of something else. You see it. Would you want to know if you were an accident, though? I feel like that would just hurt your horizons of trying to find yourself. Okay. 
here's the thing. I know that I wasn't. I know that I wasn't. So I do have sympathy for people that might be, but I know that I wasn't. So again, I can't, I can't even answer that question. I look back nine months. I don't know if I was, nobody's going to tell me, geez, you know, that's something you don't say to a kid is you were an accident. Hope I wasn't. No, but I wasn't told I was an accident. I was told, Jason, you were brought here on, you were prayed into existence. I wanted to have two children, a boy and a girl. I prayed that I had a son and I, here you are. I, I, my name was supposed to be Bradley. My mom, as I was born, called me Jason. You look like That's a fucking Bradley, too. With this beard and shit, yeah. When I'm handsome, I'm Jason. This guy looks like Bradley. I like the beard. You got the white stripe in it. Yeah, I normally I color it in or cut, pull it out, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to be raw. I wanted to be. Why would you expose. cut it out? That looks that get, that's like a Victor Frankenstein when she has the white lightning in her hair. Whatever the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, that's what this is from. This is trauma from literally from doing customer service trauma, or you know when Rogue like got really par- like it, when she went through trauma, she got the white streak in her hair. That's what that is. There was trauma. a. F- there's a political person in office right now that has a white Tulsi Gabbard is her name. I'm pretty sure she has a white streak in her hair from when she went overseas to go over um, to, I guess, help with the preach with the troops or talk to the troops or whatever. She has a white streak from the trauma that is permanently in her hair and she just goes with it now. And I'm like, fucking just, I don't know why I said that, but it relates to the whole idea of the, I would think it looks badass to be honest with you. You have a little bit more distinguished look like you're, you, <laughs> you, you could own a library. Well, here's the thing. Um, and you know, and I don't, that's another thing I want to talk about. You know, people talk to me all the time about like hearing God, but I just don't hear God. So wait, you think God used to talk to people back then and we don't hear him now. Here's the thing, dude. We don't hear fucking anybody now. <laughs> we, we don't even hear our own friends now. We don't hear our own freaking friends. We don't hear our own fucking. Are you referencing our last recording where I said I feel like God left? No, I'm re- no. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm just talking in general. Where we, you know what I mean? Like people, are like oh, how, 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 I don't feel like I don't hear from God, or we don't hear people don't hear from God and stuff anymore. Well, God, if God ain't talking if, anymore. If, if God answered your prayers, then you would just expect Him to always answer them. God gives you the. <laughs> That's ability. not what I mean. Well, God gives you the aspect and the ability that He doesn't answer you at all, and the aspect He knows that you will overcome any challenge that gets put in front of you. Well, I'm just no. I'm just simply saying on the reference. I get what you're saying, but I actually don't. I don't mean, and I, I agree with that. In a, in a way, but I don't, that's not what I mean right now. I'm just simply saying people say, oh, well, how come in the Bible, but God's talking to people all the time. And nowadays we don't hear him at all. Well, we don't hear anybody at all, dude. I don't, I haven't heard my own sister's voice. And I don't know how long because she texts me, you know, you don't hear people because you're walking across the street with your fucking phone, your face in your fucking phone. You can't hear anybody. You can hear the guy fucking honking the horn at you. Cause we're distracted by the creations of man that keep our minds occupied from the, I agree. I agree from the completely. beauties of life. I agree completely. I agree completely. And that actually happened to me recently. I was I like, that's why I always mention this to people. And a lot of people usually don't get this reference. But I, if I had to ask you what sense out of the five perceptional skills that we have, which one would you be afraid to lose the most? And a lot of people would say the aspect of I would hate to lose my sight. I would hate to lose my hearing. I would hate to lose my sense of taste. I would hate to lose. Each person is different, but for me, it was always my sense of touch because I feel like this feeling of my fingertips, these things that we neglect on a daily basis, even your hand, take your hand right now and just put it right here on your neck, go rub, rub, rub the side of your neck. You feel that? Mm-hmm. 
A lot of people neglect that on an everyday basis because it's so much a part of your everyday life that you just tone it out, much like a hum of a refrigerator in your house. But once you really spend time feeling what that is, feeling my own fingerprints, feeling the desk that this is on, it really grounds you to everything and it makes you start to take in everything that you're really missing, such as when you walk outside and a breeze hits you and you feel that cold air fill up your lungs like two fucking airbags. Well, I, well, here's the thing. I, I agree with that. I never thought I've never even put any kind of thought on that, to be honest. No one's ever asked me that question. Um, but um, my I get what you're saying, because here's the thing, because I don't know if you ever thought about it like this, but all the other senses can be turned off. Or we've had them turned off, for instance, sense of sight. I just turned that off. Sense of hearing. Turn that turn that off. Sense of taste. Well, I've had a cold or uh, that I can't t- taste or smell. But we very rarely in life ever have any experiences. Oh, my foot fell asleep. I got pentothal. I'm not talking about that, idiots. But we don't on a daily basis. We don't have here sense of smell, and synth, You know what I mean? So gone. But we we can't just simulate the 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 the. the I can't touch anymore. I mean. Have you ever thought of it like that? I'm saying. Well, kind of like I was saying. Yeah, like when you go numb, though. But the whole aspect of we're all fucking numb right now. How many people are actually paying attention unless they get hurt, unless something hits them and hurts them? But a natural sense of touch. A lot of people aren't paying attention to what is. A lot of people agree. 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 A lot of people feel the weight of a phone, but don't know the texture of it. A lot of people. I mean, it's just sudden little things like that. And when you start analyzing all the things that you're missing with your sense of touch, it can help bring all your other senses to a realization. It's why chefs really enjoy cooking because they're actually tasting the food. So many people are just scarfing it down. People that you know have. I had a past guest uh, come on. And we did a podcast recently. He told me that he, when he was doing the recording on my show, he didn't know he had type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. So when I was in in the show, you can see him leaning back a little bit. And it was him, basically his body overloading with sugar. And he lost about a hundred pounds. Shout out to him for it. But on an aspect of, he wasn't paying attention. And then he lost his sense of sight for a month. He couldn't see anything but like outlines of things. He couldn't see the eventual things. Now he spends a lot of his time outside and really taking in what he had missed out on. It's that whole aspect of you don't ever know what you have until it's gone, but you don't, you should never have it taken away from you to make you realize that we take things for granted every day on a daily basis. I mean, this happened to me. I mean, I came to this conclusion. I was watching fucking ink master, the tattoo show, and they brought in a bunch of people that had, severe things wrong with them like mental disorders but like certain conditions that they could not fix um so where they had to wear helmets 24 7 and they wanted a way that they would design the helmet that they would be comfortable wearing and this woman's like i have probably this year alone and she goes we're in what september she goes in the past seven months i have literally fallen unconscious 236 times randomly downstairs all that and she goes it's something with her immune system where her brain attacks her immune system and she just passes Mm. out take that into consideration that you're not fucking blacking out in the middle of the fucking street 24 7 that you have working legs that you have all these things and if If you don't have working legs, be happy you have things that are working. Be happy that your organs are all functioning properly. And a lot of people take these for granted. I do, and I guarantee you tomorrow I'll do the exact same thing. It's on an aspect of we're paying attention to the the immediate fears. These giant things out there that we're so used to all these other things working, we don't ever expect them to stop. 
So mm-hmm. when we're paying attention to the things that are new, all these new influences, such as a car payment, such as all these things that are upcoming and approaching that seem like this giant obstacle that we can either push down the road or we can handle here. Here's the thing. Be happy that if you can't afford that, you still have this that's working. Be happy that you're waking up every single day. Take that into granted. Be happy that at any moment in your life- You're you're speaking like age-old cliches, and I love it because I do too. Stop and smell the roses. So my cup's half full, not empty. You know what I mean? You're saying the grass isn't always greener. You know, and uh, you're saying these things, but guess what? They're all fucking true. They're all fucking true. They're all true, man. Um, Again, you know, there's a a pastor, Joyce Meyer, that says, you know, she does this little speech and it's really great. It's like, you know, that when you're complaining about, you know, how far you have to walk to your parking spot, there's a person that would just beg in a wheelchair right now that would beg that they could, you know, that they could walk that far, you know, and it's like these series of references like that, you know, Um, and, uh, you know, and it's just like that's that thing where about, you know, people complain about this and complain about that. It's like, okay, if your car is stressing you out your car payment is stressing you out because it's too much and you know every week you have to do put in your you have to you can't take a day off you got to do your full things you got to pick up that extra job doing uber and you got to do this or whatever what would you be happier having just not just having a car you can afford comfortably or, or having that car that you think you should have like i guarantee the ver- the versions of our lives that are the happier versions are probably the simpler versions. And we see this thing, <clears throat> I have to say this one, in our society now, hustle hard, hustle hard, do this, do that, I'm fucking kill myself, sleep when you're dead, all these kind of, you know, things. None of those people are fucking happy. I've worked with a lot of those people. The guy that has the Porsche, the guy that has this, the guy, you know, the big house, the big car. And dude, they're on, their kids fucking hate them. They're, they're you know, their wives want to get a divorce because they never see them. They never, you know what I mean? The dudes are all ho- copped up on Adderall and Coke, you know, to fucking hustle hard, aim big. I'm not saying you shouldn't have goals or no. I'm saying what your goals, if those things, if those things are really making you happy, all the power to you. But if those things are causing stressors in your life, my thing was I was making decent money doing this job. I guess I had I, I was about to have decent benefits and work benefits because I was kept on full time. I was you know supposed to be seasonal. Um, it, funny enough, tomorrow would have been my last day of the seasonal job. But that was your mind th- subliminally telling you that if you fucking let that one more day happen and you become that full time, then you're going to be locked down in a position that you don't want to be in. You think maybe? I mean, I thought. I mean, I, I'm going to be We can have that conversation because I do think it's. If I it's fucking to it. tomorrow is the day that it was going to be like full time or something, even coming close to that ending of that tomorrow. Thing. Tomorrow, the 29th was supposed to be my last day of work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then that's your mind sublim or that's your heart or something telling you that there's you're going to be locked down if you get stuck into this. I mean, there's always that sudden thing like, eh, and then next thing you know, you find out it's like, well, that was a weird coincidence was it a coincidence or were you starting to feel this because your mind was trying to tell you that like hey i understand you need this or you got to do this to pay a bill or something but you're you know if it's been nagging at your head it's been at a point where like if it's been leading up to the next couple of days that you can't sleep you can't do these things that's what i'm saying the the suit's taken it was taken over me that was the and i'll i'll be very open here when i was working at the casino it was an amazing job it was wonderful but getting in that car where i pulled into the parking lot and i had a belt i had my shirt tucked in and that's the most uncomfortable urge with a guy with body (laughs) dysmorphia 
And I literally started like breaking down crying just to the point, like I, it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't miserable at the job. The people were great, but an aspect of when I was in that feeling and people were coming up to me that I worked with saying, you don't want to be here. I can Mm -hmm. tell, like, you look like you're miserable. I had a boss even say, what's going on? Like we worked hard to get you this job. What's, what's the thing. And I'm like, I don't know if I belong. I don't know if I fit. If I would have, if I can show you the message I sent to my boss, that's what I said. I said, dude, interesting enough. I said, I don't fit here. Interesting enough. My, I think my first, it was like first, we had three days. I started on a Wednesday and then my, my, it was like halfway through my first week, a full week of training. One of my managers came up to me and she's like, um, like, how did you hear about this job? Like, what are you doing here? And, and I was like, no, I took that as a catalyst and we ended up having a really good conversation. Um, and I took her and we, we, we went to the office and I just was like, I don't think I belong here. I was saying that then that was like eight, five, eight days of being five days of being actually in the office. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Okay. I felt like, oh my God, you see it. Like you see it too. It's not just me. You see, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. And you felt that other people probably felt it. People feel it. Well, the thing was for me is that when I left that thing, that was a career, that was right. That was really when it shut down and I I was invited back when they opened back up the casino, but it was an aspect of like, I just approached to where I can get my health benefits. The thing I was working hard to get. And I just, I would have had it too. I would have had it start in Monday, man. I would have, I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I said, no, this isn't for me. And I took a job at a gym where I get paid what $8 less than I did at the casino. I lost, I basically gave up a full on perfect career where I would have been making fine. Then I would have my own house right now, but on an aspect of, I wasn't fucking happy. And I didn't want to wait to the eventual day where a fucking gun barrel inside of my mouth has literally dug a scab into the roof of it because of how many times I've been so depressed to bring it to that point. You know how many people take their own lives on the aspect of they're not happy in life. And I didn't want that to be the eventual road 30 yeah, my, years down my, the line. Um... One of my fr- my best friends, man, she was my roommate from Singapore. She, you know, she took her life. Um, and, um, you know, and I remember my buddy, my roommate, Ryan, walking into the, knocked on my door, like, like, you know, four in the morning. And I was like, what's up, dude? He's like, Amanda's gone. I knew exactly what he meant because I knew her, you know what I mean? And I knew her. And then the, like, here's the thing. And I've seen, dude, I've seen in Singapore, like, it was weird, man. We had like five people in 10 years that I knew, um, commit suicide, um, my friend, uh, I had a friend here that I worked with in Vegas. I worked at a club with a female coworker committed suicide and I'm not going to lie, man. I am not. And I don't, I don't know how, like, you know, I know, like you said, my, my mom's watch will probably watch this episode and everything like that, but I could feel the pathway. I'm not saying I ever thought for a second, I got a guy and my guns laying next to my bed. I never thought about like, mm. but I could feel the pathway, man. And the thing is, why even that alone is scary is because um, that would never have been even something I couldn't even imagine. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what it's like. I can't imagine eating another man's balls. Well, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what that's like. Shout out the, to all my homosexual friends out there, but you know, it's yeah. the perception you get when you look at everything in a different way than your, the, what actually happened. So many times you look on things in the past, instead of good memories or good times, you look on a lot of missed opportunities and missed things of mm-hmm. like, what happens if this would have happened or what happens if it would have stuck with this? And that just creates depression because you're not looking at it in the right light. The reason why yeah. those things are in your head and you go back and go, I would have taken 
taken it back. No, you probably would have made the same course of action you did that led you to the spot that you're at now because your brain is trying to tell you when there's something like if you're the day before keeping a job or something or having a full time thing, your brain's trying to tell you something and your heart's been screaming it for the longest time. But now you got to make sure those two can match on a level. The thing is, though, like for me, I lost three friends in September, all in a matter of two weeks. One of the hardest times I was going through where I was like, what the hell is going on? You're looking for a light. You're looking at all this and you're staring into a desk wondering when is uh, this light going to come at the end of the tunnel? You know what I mean? When you start to realize and you look at that perspective as not as they were cowards for doing something or not, they were doing this. so Oh, I can't believe they did that. How could they do that? Look at that. Like they were strong enough to do something like that. Because on the aspect of they couldn't see the end, they couldn't see that mm. end game. So they had a choice they had to make. And that's what they felt that was right, which is why I never shame anybody. I don't want anything like that to happen oh, yeah, to no. anybody. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But it's an aspect of so many people look at that like you're weak if that happens. It's not no. that you're weak. It's that there's this industrial price on all of our lives right now that is like this whole aspect of you need to pay for this you need to pay for this and i don't believe that it should be so goddamn costly to fucking live man it's really fucking it it hits me hard because we're paying rent on land who owns that land come on are you fucking kidding me you know what i mean you can't even grow your own fucking tomatoes come on man i mean it's just so ridiculous and if you understand what it's like to suffer from something like that or ever be like super depressed where it's like, what happens if I was just gone? You would understand the aspect of this world is, is we're all inherently connected. And it's really hard for people to pay attention to that because they're so lost from themselves and to really mm-hmm. look inside of yourself. Like for me, for instance, I'm my own, I'm my own enemy. I'm my biggest fear on the aspect of everything that I've ever been afraid of is what's keeping me from doing what I wanted to do. Where at one point I was like, why the fuck am I letting this hold me back anymore? I didn't want to be on camera because of my mouth, my teeth, anything like that. You know, I don't have the perfect credentials when it comes to that. I didn't want to be an actor because of those things. But then I started realizing, why the fuck do I give a shit? Why am I caring about so many people that don't have an, a fraction into my life? what you have a thought or a comment or something you want to be able to post. That's cool. But what are you doing? Are you the one that is at my house every single day that I'm meeting every single time I come home that I'm spending 24 hours a day with? No, the only person that is, is my thoughts. And I'm never going to let that control me. It's the hardest thing to really wake up to when you start to realize like, who the fuck are you? Are you the one that you want to be? Or are you the person they're fucking telling you to be? Be you. Be authentic. Be you. This is what, dude, reason I, why you got it's It's very important that I make that clear is you need to find who you are. And I know that thing is like, well, how, where the fuck do I look? You're fucking you're it, The answer's there. What do you like to do? Fucking pursue it. It's not that hard. Keep a job think, if yeah. you want, but also keep that on the side. If it's balancing out the fucking stresses of everyday life, it helps. Well, and my mom said that to me. I can't remember if we said this or not, but my mom said she was Jason. Like, what do you want to do? Like, if you weren't doing what you were doing, I am. What do you want? What would you want to do? And you know, and I, and I, and I was, you know, I'm Jay joke with my mom all the time. I'm like, mom, I've been so damn stressed out. I just want to fucking jerk off and take a nap. That's what I want to do right now. You know, I miss Latona. And, yeah, and um, but you know, and it, but it really affected me. And uh, and I said, I, I know, you know, and um, and you know, and I said, it's just when I do this podcasting stuff, when I literally 
preach, when I feel like I'm giving people knowledge, those are the things that I feel alive and that's what I want to do. And, and, you know, I said, and I started saying to myself, I was high at this time. So I'm always like, anytime I'm high, that high, I'm always like, is it God or is it the weed? Is it just my own head, you know, or maybe all three. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I heard, man, I heard in my thoughts, because I was, what's this job? What is this job? What's this job? And I heard this very clear. The job is a distraction. And I go, that's right. The job, as long as it, because that's why I got kept on full time, because I was going to be done tomorrow it was going to be my last day. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm free. I'm done. I didn't quit. They didn't fire me. It was a seasonal job. I finished it. Uh, that's not what happened. Because I kept saying, Lord, is this job from you? Is this job from you? Is this is a job from you. And I heard very clearly, the job is a distraction. And I started getting emotional and I, and, uh, 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 I cry a lot. And, um, you know, it's but okay. I, and I said, and I said to my wife, and I heard my mom was like, "But what do you want to do?" And and I said, "Mom, I don't know. I'm just maybe maybe I'm afraid to do this or that." And I just heard Jason, "Be who you were meant to be." Now again, is that the weed? Is it God? Is it my brain? I don't know, but it affected me. I know that it made me make this decision today. I wasn't meant to be sitting at a desk answering people's phone calls and about lost packages. Now, I'm not meant to be that. I know that there are people that may feel that way, but you know, I'm not you mentioned there to help something them. to me in our last recording. You said that I, you know, if the, this isn't, this isn't the end of the story. This isn't like, you know, I don't, I don't know how the end of the book, like, I feel like, you, you know, we were talking about all the stuff you did before where it was like, mm -hmm. that was already the story. I'm kind of towards the end point. Maybe it's not the end point. Maybe you're at the, the middle. Maybe you're, maybe you're at this point where it's like, you're still going. That book's still left to be written. Oh no, it's no, that book's closed. This is book two. It's just like fellowship of the ring, the two towers. You know what I mean? It's no, it's the same book. It's just like, this. the, just the, not, we couldn't fit it all in book one, but that book is actually closed. Um, and now this is book two, you know, this is book two. Um, and, uh, yeah, but you know, I got to get reacclimated with the characters again. I got to reintroduce the story. I got to figure out some shit. But um, but it's good. I'm I'm done with that first book. I read it a bunch of times. I need to read something new, man. I meant you the know, book but, of Jason. That book's never closed until you're dead. Sorry to say. Yeah, no, I meant that too. But I'm saying where I'm at right now. We're just in a, we're in a new, you know what I mean. We're in like I said, we're in book two. We're in book two. Book book one can always be there to go back and reference some shit, but we're in book two now. And, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, am I scared? I'm not lying. Of course I am, dude. I'm just quit my fucking job. Where, where's my paycheck coming? I don't know. Uh, is that scary? Yep. Is it scary? Yeah. You know, and I've been feeling, uh, I had a, like I said, I had a really nice talk to my friend today and, you know, and I've been feeling like I'm putting all this on my own. I put on my own. He's like, listen, you, I know how much, cause he knows Sarah. And he's like, I know how much your wife loves you. And you guys are one man, you know, you're like one person. Why don't you just use her why don't you rely on your soulmate for a minute instead of just trying to keep going one carrying everybody or put the burden why don't you just relax for a minute and just lean on your wife and it's hard to be for in a minute and i don't really know like as a man like in like a chauvinistic way or anything like that but i'm gonna do that right now i'm gonna lean on my wife for a minute and and let her uh not in a you know gigolo way but you know in the way of i'm gonna let my wife take care of me if she has to right now and Can i'm I okay with can I give you an example of when I was a kid and I first saw what you just said? Sure. When I was about like 13 years old, I had a family member, my dad, he had quit his job at a radio station. And I remember like just sitting on my bed, him sitting beside me and just going, I don't want you to feel like that we're going to struggle. He goes, I'm going to find something. I'm going to make it work and it's going to come together. But I had to, 
And just hearing him say, like, I'm not worried at all. Like, I'm not worried at all. I guarantee you, your wife's going to say the same thing. I'm not worried at all. It's an aspect because it's an aspect of faith. If you want to say faith, sure, I'll say faith with you. But it was an aspect of I had trust that I know you're going to be able to overcome that thing. And the um, I think the biggest fear at that moment for my dad wasn't the aspect of like, oh, my God, I don't have a job. I don't know how they're going to make this work was how was I going to break it to the person I care about? You know, how was I going to make them feel okay? And I think that's 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 the problem is I understand the empathy and the caring of wanting to make it okay for somebody else, but understand that the, if if they truly care about you, if they truly love you, they know you'll make it work and they know you'll find something because your happiness means more to them than anything. And that is, and a big I thing. know that. And I know that with my wife, I know that, you know, I know that again, my wife is my greatest testimony to, to God, to the God. How do you, someone said to me, how do you know God's real? Because, Ain't no damn accident that some fucking stranger from Michigan likes this guy that much. She's from Michigan. And I tried. Yeah. And I, and I tried, man. I tried to get, like, when I met, like, I tried to not be with it. I mean, you know, it, I, I pushed her away. Uh, and it was like, man. And she kept coming back. And I pushed her away again. She kept coming back. And uh, yeah. Damn. Like, it'll make me cry. <laughs> I, 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 don't be ashamed of it. You know, it's, it's a hard thing. Like I, m- my dad was very open about that type of thing. He was, uh, mm-hmm. when I was born, it was the first time that like my grandfather ever hugged my dad, you know, it was an aspect mm-hmm. yeah, of like, this story, sure. yeah, he always wanted to make sure that there was that open connection to always have it there. And it's a hard thing to realize because you put so much weight into your own head of the people you care about. You never, you know, you never you never want to not be able to provide this aspect. It doesn't just come with a man. It also comes with whoever it's just when you're, you're doing shit. Like you said, the fight club reference, you're doing shit. You hate for the people that you love. You know, it's an aspect of, you really need to understand if they truly care about you, which I'm sure she does a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like a pussy to crying for my arm wrestling audience. Well, do you want to plug the uh, arm wrestling at the end of the episode? <laughs> no, no, is, no, that, is, that another, is that another episode? No, my eyes are freaking burned. No, it, man, but but that's the thing, dude. You know what's funny? I wanted to say this too. The last time I had this, um, or two times, right? Um, I uh, you you said about the thing with your uh, with the job with your shirt tucked in. Fuck, I'm like literally not even like my eyes are legitimately. Hold on, I gotta wipe my eyes because I always put like fucking CBD on my arms from uh from all my arm wrestling pain. And uh, I think I fucking touched my eyes and my CBD wasn't on my, it's actually not tears. It's CBD. Um, but my eyes are fucking burning. He's but, got um, excuses. I do have excuses. No, it's both. It's definitely both. I'm crying. Um, um, but dude, I, I, two times. So I had this one job, right. That um, when the job started, I, uh, when the job started and when the job, I started working for Cirque du Soleil, right. I was working for Cirque du Soleil um, and um, I moved out to Vegas and the, the long story short, I end up, getting a job with their nightclub they didn't want to lose me so they gave me like a one sheet with all these fucking names on it and one of the names it said console like mood manager vip guy and i was like what is that they're like you know what you'd be actually great for that you're so good at talking to people would you like could you could like learn about liquor and like upselling alcohol i'm like yeah and they're like you basically you're gonna be the liaison for the club deal with all the vips and i did man and that's what my job initially was like i met like you know when randy couture you know the ufc fighter would come in the club this was like 2007 you know when um you know uh uh 
who's that? Drew Brees, you know, um, football players, won a Super Bowl, came to Vegas. I was the one that brought them around and everything like that. Now, when I first started, I wore uh, I wore my own clothes. They just said, look, it's like sexy chic, you know? So I would wear like, you know, a button, maybe a V-neck sometimes, like a white V-neck with a suit jacket and a chain or, you know what I mean? But I wore my own, sometimes, sometimes I did go more formal, did wear a suit and a tie if it was more of a, an event, you know, Saturday night. Um, <clears throat> and anyway, and dude, I made so much money, dude. I was getting tipped. I was, it was awesome. I made good hourly. I was making tips, celebrity status, dude, bitten cards from for people, you know, uh, um, I'd show up to a restaurant, dude, I'd get like a free comp meal, you know, and give my card out, dude. It was, it was good, man. It was good until they changed Cirque du Soleil was like, they came in and changed, um, my costume and they gave me, they said, Oh, well, cause we don't really know that you're an employee. Cause all the employees are themed, you know, like it was, it was, uh, the club, the nightclub was connected to the Beatles revolution love show. And the, the, and so, um, you know, and all the employees were dressed like that 70s, 60s, 70s Beatles vibe, you know, and I'm here, you know, in my own suit. So they decided to give me a wardrobe in the wardrobe. If you can find it online, if you look up Google Jason Latona revolution, you'll probably see what I, what I wore. And dude, it was this long, like white with fucking, what are they called? Like the, the fucking things that like vampires wear or aristocrats, you know, like the, at the end of your sleeves, it's like the puffy things. No, not cufflinks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like vampires have them like, like the Royal stock. dresses. Yeah, like that kind of thing where it's like it's like a call. It's like your your shirt ends here, but it's like the frills that lay off, you know, come over. But anyway, it was this long white coat and do these tight ass like bell bottoms with frills at the bottom with like. Are like, you fucking telling me you were Dracula, too? I was Dracula. No, but I actually was Dracula in Universal Studios. What? I did do. Yeah. What fucking what have you been in life besides a Power Ranger, the kid from Terminator 2 and Dracula? What else can you and Charlie Chaplin? Beetlejuice, the Wolfman. <laughs> um, like I said, Holy uh, you know, shit. Yeah, that's what I did all these roles. Yeah. Um, and then whoever, no, you know, as a fucking velociraptor trainer. Who, <laughs> at any <laughs> done it. at any point, were you Kermit the Frog? No, I never did Kermit, no. Um, but I worked with the Muppets. I did work with Sesame Street. I was um, uh, I did work with that. It was an actual real honor to work with the, the real license of Sesame Street, the voices and everything like that. Can you tell me what the letter F stands for? Yeah, no, but um, but no, I want to finish what I'm saying. This is important. So anyway, and, and they put this costume on me, man, in my in I went from making like hundred dollar handshakes, you know, as the VIP guy in a suit to, hey. I'll give you a dollar if you do this thing for me. Now, I did the same job, but it shows you the power of perception. And I started, man, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, this is all real, real. I started drinking, man, um, you know, because I was allowed to have drinks with the clients. And I remember one night I had, you know, a big client come through and I had some drinks with them. And um, I was buzzed, pretty buzzed, made more to buzz, like probably borderline wasted. But I did the job. I'm in my costume. Didn't give a fuck because I was kind of fucking wasted. And then I realized, well, that's the only way I can do the job. I was fucking wasted. Dude, I was like, I was a fucking alcoholic, man. I turned to an alcoholic for a little bit of time until I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? This same kind of thing, the same kind of what happened today. And I would get in my car, man. And I would, you know, get in my car, seatbelt on, adjust in the air. Fuck! And I would scream, fuck. 
about 15 times. And then I would turn the radio on or the car on and I would drive to work. Uh, and I kept doing that until I couldn't do it. And then I was, you know, and I, I went in, I had a meeting with my boss, my director. And I said to him, um, can we talk? I'm like, cause I'm really unhappy. Um, and you know, I told him about my money. I said, it's not even about this, but when my income and my, I just, I just feel embarrassed, you know what I'm wearing and my income's taking a massive hit. Ah, I totally understand. Why don't I you give us two weeks and we'll work it out. Okay. I came the next two weeks. I came into that job in the clown suit, if you would, um, for two, the next two weeks. I came in, didn't say a word, did my job. I gave them 15 days, not 14, two weeks is 14 days. I gave them 15 days and I stopped down with my director again. I said, hey, so um, did you have any news or anything like that? And um, he said, oh, yeah, uh, we talked to some people and uh, we're just going to need a little bit more time. If you could just be patient. And I said, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I left. Um, I remember because I was in the Mirage, I went over to one of the slot machines and I was just like, called my mom. I said, mom, I quit. She's like, how do you feel? I said, scared, but something's going to happen. I got a call two days later and three days later, I think it was. And uh, um, or I sent an email to a guy that came into the club and um, he's, I said, hey, you told me if I ever need anything. And he said, yeah, I, he's like, come in for dinner. I came in for dinner. They offered me a job. I went from it, that job opened my entire career to, to this point to even going to Singapore. I'd like to say one more thing. What I was hoping was going to happen was I was at another job. I was working with Jay-Z, 4040 Club. I was working with Jay-Z, um, and they made me the, um, the, the, the VIP service manager. Okay, they fired the guy, made me the – now, I had never had a job where I saw more people quit, more people fired, more of this. That one person they all seemed to fucking like was this guy. And, um, and but, dude – it, it was shit. I fucking hated it. I was like, and every day I was like, I need a signboard. I need something. Give me some direction. Well, you know, that kind of thing. And I remember like it was yesterday, man. I was, I was with my ex at the time and I, I stopped uh, on the way home. I stopped to get gas and I was calling her and I was said, um, I was like, babe, I need to quit, man. I don't, or something. I don't, I just need a sign. I just don't know what to do. I'm like, cause the Super Bowl was coming up and I knew I was going to make really good money for the Super Bowl, but it was like three or four weeks away. And I'm like, I just don't know mentally I can fucking take it. I fucking hate this is shit. And, um, I was mistreated. It was horrible anyway. Um, and, uh, while I'm talking to her, I'm like, hold on. Like that's the, the, the my owner was calling me i'm like she's calling me on the line I'm like hey what's up i'm like and she's like hey jason it's uh i won't say her name and she's like it's me and i was like hey what's up and she said um yeah i just wanted to let you know um again i had a good i had a, what, what i consider a good night at work nothing happened nothing just a good night at work and um and she said uh i just wanted to tell you um it's not working out so we're gonna have to let you go come turn in your blackberry sometime next week um thanks for your services okay i click back over what'd she want i just got fired and she was like, what? Are you okay? I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, literally, short of like me seeing like, don't go to work written in blood on my ceiling. That's what I felt like happened. Dude, that me getting fired from that job opened up me moving to Los Angeles, opened up me going to Singapore, opened up to me meeting my wife. I just think right now, now I have that data because of it's in the past. That I can't read because I can't see the pages yet. Maybe my glasses aren't my, I don't have the right prescription, but those pages are written for this new book. But me leaving this job is what started this book too to be open.
one door closes and the garage door opens. Well, I mean, that's also scriptural. No, it's not. Yeah. It's biblical. Where in the fucking Bible does it say garage door? Please, for the not love garage. of God, point that okay. towards me. No, it doesn't say garage door, but what it does say, I did in a prayer, I prayed today. I'm like, Lord, open doors that no man can open and close doors no man can shut. Because if I'm in the right thing and I'm being rightly on the right path, then what looks like an, a missed opportunity is going to be a blessing. What looks like a trap is going to be an opportunity. As long as I, as long as that God holds, and I think God will keep His word. And I say, Lord, open up doors no man can open, close doors, um, you know, uh, open up doors no man can open, close doors and no man can shut. Now people can say to me, Well, what happened here, man? How come God didn't open it? Well, because, dude, I thank God he opened this door for me. Because what did I see? I saw what it's like to be in the system. I saw what it's like to be a fucking regular person. who. Not... I always thought I could relate to people. I can relate to you now, man. <clears throat> Jason, the performer. Jason, the, the guy who would host shows and be the life of the party. I know what it feels like to be the fucking guy. Hating his life. Waiting to die ready to put a fucking gun in his mouth because uh, you just fucking going through the system. I decided to get out. Thank God I was only in there for a short time. You know, three months. I'm happy for you. Thanks. I, and I'm, I'm a hundred, I a hundred percent like look me in the eyes. I'm a hundred percent happy for you. When I got that call, I felt happy. Like I felt like I won, turned my shit day into a good one. You know, it was this Dude, aspect was of like, yeah, I texted I texted five people you want being one of them that I quit. And everyone well, I'm like, in the five. I'm not enough to be on the Amigo. Remember that thing? You can only call three people, but I'm on the five at least. That's like what a fucking pager number. Awesome. Yeah. The other ones don't count. I mean, my wife, my, my, my childhood friend for 30 years and my mother, those are the three people I first told the other. I'm two coming for you, you, Mrs. Latona. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? I keep but, calling her Mrs. Latona. Yeah, she likes her. her name's Arlene, but she likes that. Ah, uh, we're um, not on but, friends uh, bases. Not yet. Not yeah. Yet. But um, but you know, um, but yeah, man, no, but but and everyone had the same reaction. Everyone had the same happiness. You know why? Because those people, and even though we don't even we never met each other in person, but all those people know me. And you know what? Even my enemies, I have people that are just them. I don't have enemies. I have people that not like me for whatever reason. I'm not mad at any. I love everyone. But there's people that don't like me, and God bless them. But I have enemies, man, that uh, are people that don't like me that would still say, "Well, yeah, you need to quit that job, dude. Or fucking, you'll go crazy." Because hey, there there are people, and and you might be one of them, and that's okay. There are people that are hand Hamsters are totally cool living out of a cage. In fact, if you took a hamster out of the cage, you'd probably die pretty fucking quickly. But that's an animal that's totally okay with just being fed, changing it, put a little wheel for it to spin on, give it food, give it water, let it go. There are people that are fucking people in their, in their spirit animal as a hamster. They're totally okay <clears throat> to be in the cage and have everything done for them. And then there's lions. Lion to put a lion in a cage, it will eventually die. It'll get sick and die. I can't be in a cage. Are you a lion or are you a hamster? I'm saying that to you who's watching. Are you a lion or are you a hamster? If you're a hamster and you're living in the cage, that's good for you. But if you're a lion living a hamster's life or a hamster living a lion's life, you got to figure that shit out. You got to align that shit. I will use that example to my all-time favorite movie, Employee of the Month, where he says, are you the lion or are you the mouse hanging out of the lion's mouth? Wait a minute. 
fox boy. You're like the little hairy nutsack of the mouse that's hanging from the lion's mouth. What are you? You know what I'm saying, though. I do, and I I appreciate the openness to it too, because like I said, getting that call was like a win for me. I know as much as that might sound like oh, okay, sure. But it is a true aspect of things, too. And that's why I say like this thing, this whole podcast thing, the era of conversation, the finding a way of connecting. It's so simple and a lot of people don't do it, but you can develop a relationship or you can develop a friendship or something that you never thought that would ever happen. You know, cutting off people from anywhere in life is an aspect of really doing yourself a disservice to the friendships that you can make. And I think obviously it's part three of the fucking saga uh uh you know recordings that we've done but it's just another chapter and like you said i mean even if it was to have faith but it's just an aspect of you know you know doors have to shut for others to be open you know it's an important thing yeah. too well the bible says let go of the first so you can establish the second and what i was trying to do was hold on to the first and still reach for the second i and and, and like i said the guy that got the phone call that said you're fired, that's not this guy anymore. The same way, and that's the test of my faith. The same way I can't do the same workout that I was doing six months ago or, or yeah, a year ago, six months ago. I can't do the same workout and expect progress. I, I know I've been praying, man. I've been praying. I'm like, Lord, I want to please you. I want to please you, Lord. I want to do the job that's pleasing to you. I want to please you, but I know it. And I'm like, how do I please God? It's written there for me. It says without faith, it's impossible to believe, to please me. And I'm sitting here like not ready to do any kind of actions for faith. Do you think God wants you to please him? Or does you think that the way to please him would be to please yourself? I think both. I think God, again, it, I'll give you a scriptural. The Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So I know that God wants me well, and I know God wants me to please him. I think just like anything, let me ask you the question. Don't think of, don't think of God as this thing. Think of it as a, a relationship, your father to you, my father to me. Granted, my father's on that. I don't know what, I, I don't know what your relationship your father is, but if you have the most loving father in the world, the perfect father who loves you with perfect love, that automatically is always going to be both ways. Your father wants you to succeed, sees you happy and goes, yes, my son's happy. And don't you want to say, look, dad, aren't you proud of me? And he says, yes, I am. It's the same thing, man. It's the same. People, people overcomplicated. The best example I've heard of that is Rob Lowe when he talks about how he tried so much time to make sure his kids were mm -hmm. safe and like had these mm -hmm. like things that he made them and condemned them to the life of a drone. Where it was like mm. you never wanted to take a shot, you never wanted to take a risk, you never wanted to do anything that might have been outside your comfort zone, and you realize that's the biggest disservice is never exactly. truly finding yourself. Because if you look in the aspect of like, what would my father think? What would in the aspect if you were a dad looking at his kid and just seeing his kid be just mindless, being well, this again, that's thing why that fits in a system. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Because that I'm following you. I'm listening to you through this no, podcast. But, it's not like it's going but, in one ear and out the other. Fuck. No, egg. but that's the real thing, man. But that's the real thing, and that's when people say, "Well, then why did God do this? Why did God make? Why did God just make us all perfect?" Because, like you just said, what loving father would want their kids to be be grow up as drones? God gave us free will. There, there you go. You fuck up your life. Don't blame God. Is that what you want to end on?
he gives me the slow nod like the listeners are like what did he say what did he say i don't know what he said i don't know what he wants to shout out we're going on two hours again i know and then we always do man or have to we're never gonna not go on in two hours it's fucking again fun. i love it i i uh, thanks for uh, bringing me on thanks for picking up on my emotions sorry to everyone if i look like a puss for crying thank you um, for fucking I- calling me but no, man, it's real, and I think it's a real thing. And I wanted to get not only selfishly for me, but I wanted if anyone really listens to this and is going through the same thing, even if one person, if I, if one person goes, you know what, fuck it too, I'm taking the leap. You can feel, you can feel the mother eagle b- throwing the sticks and stones and shit in your, in your, in your, in your thing. Whether it's your job, your relationship, your where you live, your life, your your city, you feel those sticks getting put in, and. Got to ask for him, though, sometimes. You got to ask for the sticks. But don't get mad at God if you ask to make it uncomfortable when he does. That's not God's fault. He's answering your prayer. So, you know, if, if things start to get uncomfortable when you're asking God, I want to change in my life, or you're just asking the universe, or you're asking yourself, and you start feeling these, <clears throat> these moments of uncomfortability, don't embrace the uncomfortability and go with it and go, this is a sign. Read the signs, man. Well. That's an amazing end note. And I just want to say, I love you, Jason. Thanks, man. Love you, too. Thanks. I know you mean it. I do. I I do. I do. But uh, yeah, I know. Hey, but thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying I love you back. That's from a fucking Power Ranger. We got a recorded people listen to that shit. But seriously, in all in all considerations, this is a I know a couple people that are going to listen to this and they're going to resonate with this highly because, like you said, we're all kind of going around the same loop here we're all in the same merry-go-round and people have these moments they don't know when to hop off sometimes they feel like they just need to keep riding it and i think this might connect with some people especially if it doesn't connect with everyone out there some people might just shut it off or something but it's an aspect of to the people that it does connect with there are yeah things you you can't you can lead the horse to water you can't make them drink and also the bible says don't cast your pearls before the swine sometimes it's people it's it's, it is it might be too much beating the shit out of me with them bible references dude i gotta read this book everyone's talking but again it's all wisdom man it's all wisdom and it's all truth you know it it really is and uh if the bible was written in a better way i would probably read it i don't like the way it feels like it's preaching at me it's too much if someone wrote it like it's hard it's hard to read it's hard to read there's but there's ways there's there's different so many different translations and interpretations and things like that not it you know and so many versions of it that you can i feel like there is one picture book Man, there's picture books for kids. For kids, yeah. Got you know, fucking grown ass like, man. I like, I like pictures too. But you know what, man? I'm telling you, I, I I'm gonna get people to share this video because I know how many people, um, that like me or care about me in whatever I care way about capacity. You. No, I know, but but there's people that care about me that are gonna share this video because they're gonna go, dude, this is fucking real shit, you know. And don't listen to it because it's me. I am the vessel. I'm the vessel and I, I'm not trying to be humble or holier than thou or anything like that, but I'm simply, I want God to use me, man. I do. I want God to use me to impact other people's life for the good. That's what I want there. That's the answer. That's the, I just said it. My mom said, what do you want to do? You said, what do you want to do, Jason? That's it. I want God to use me to impact other people to make their lives better. That's what it is. Oh, it's deep. I'm trying to think of a way to, end on something i'm glad i can stump you man i'm glad i can put you got that me thing speechless on. that doesn't ever happen dude but i mean but that means because there's re- there's real power in it 
there's real thing into it. Because again, I honestly believe when I speak, it's not me. It ain't me. I'm not that smart. I'm not that cool. Um, but I believe when I speak, it is something else speaking through me. And that is a spiritual connection that hits another spirit. Two, if I, you're speaking Chinese and you're speaking Chinese, people can answer, understand each other. Yeah? Speaking Spanish, you're speaking Chinese. Well, we don't have communication. But if I'm, we're both speaking spirit, I'm speak spirit, and you understand spirit, that's all I need. Now, that's, when it, that's why it can make you feel speechless. It ain't me. I just happen to speak the language that you understand. Thank you for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. A spirit connection is what the title of this thing is going to be called. Is that light enough for you? No, it needs to be called I Quit. Now what? <laughs> That's what the episode is. We'll leave it to the audience polls. <laughs>